electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed, a brash young congressman and his wife conspiring to secretly steal campaign cash. This is political, period. California's Duncan Hunter is a privileged political scion. Margaret Hunter is supportive spouse and close advisor. Behind the picture-perfect facade, they're dead broke. They had over $35,000 in insufficient funds fees. They were habitually late on their mortgage payments. And so these partners in life become partners in crime with unwitting donors funding their whims. $11,500 at Costco on groceries. She was paying the dental bills and private school tuition. Lavish vacations that cost thousands and thousands of dollars. Together, the hunters are accused of siphoning off hundreds of thousands, as seen in financial records and private messages reviewed by American Greed. But in the end, there's no honor among these alleged thieves. Duncan's not just cheating his donors, but two-timing his wife as well. Mistress number one, mistress number two. He just hurled her under the bus. And Margaret offers the feds her help in bringing her husband down. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. In September 2018, a throng of reporters surrounds California Congressional Representative for the 50th District, Duncan Dwayne Hunter. As a politician, he's used to a gaggle of press and occasionally critical constituents. But these lock-him-up chants are new. That's because Congressman Hunter and his wife Margaret find themselves smack in the middle of a legal firestorm. They're accused of stealing $250,000 in campaign funds. And they're facing jaw-dropping 60-count indictments. This isn't the spotlight Duncan Hunter bargained for. And it's far from the storybook ending that could have been. In this stretch of Southern California, reaching from the San Diego coastline deep into the suburbs, the name Hunter has long had huge political cachet. Political reporter Charles Clark knows the family history well. The Duncan Hunter name and just the Hunter name has a really powerful impact in that area um, because Duncan's dad was very, very popular. Duncan's dad is Duncan Lee Hunter, a decorated Vietnam vet and a staunch Ronald Reagan-era Republican. Adam Angievsky is executive director of OpenTheBooks.com, a database that aims to track every dime spent by congressmen and other public officials. So when Duncan Hunter was four years old, his father won a seat in Congress, and the year was 1981. 
and he rose through the ranks to become a powerful member of Congress. Duncan Lee Hunter was the congressman for most of the same geographic area for 28 years. He became chair of the Armed Services Committee. But when you add that to you representing San Diego County, which has like the highest concentration of military personnel, he's just a massive, massive figure. Growing up as the oldest son of an influential congressman, Duncan's childhood pictures include President Reagan and he shuttles between bi-coastal stays in Washington, D.C. and California. His dad's position helps in the romance department, too. As a teenager, Duncan finds young love with a former refugee from Poland named Margaret Jankowski. She was volunteering for his dad, and that's how they met. They started dating, and they got married. Morgan Cook is an investigative reporter for the San Diego Union-Tribune. According to the court filings, she never wanted him to have a life in politics. And they had discussed it, and he said that he wasn't going to have a life in politics. The newlyweds move in with his parents, while Duncan finishes a degree in business administration at San Diego State. Life is looking up for the young couple. And then, on September 11, 2001, Everything changes. Apparently, a plane has just crashed into the World Trade Center here in New York City. It happened just a few moments ago. After the attacks, and without telling Margaret beforehand, Duncan Hunter enlists in the United States Marine Corps. I think especially for people out here where that military service is really part of the fabric of the community, that really meant a lot to people. He didn't have to do it, right? He chose to. According to court papers, Duncan's unilateral decision understandably causes tremendous stress for his worried wife. After serving repeated tours of combat duty in Iraq, Hunter returns home in 2006 as a Marine reservist and then moves the family to Boise, Idaho for a civilian life in real estate. Margaret calls it the happiest, most stable time in her life. But thanks to a strategically timed retirement, it won't last long. In early 2007, Duncan Lee Hunter makes a decision. As I finish my final two years as chairman of the Armed Services Committee and serve you, I'm also going to be preparing to run for President of the United States in 2008. At his father's urging, Duncan decides to move the family back to California and run as the heir apparent for his father's congressional seat. Again, say her attorneys, without consulting Margaret. She was not thrilled about that, but wanted to support him anyway. But as soon as he announced, he was recalled into the Marine Corps and went to Afghanistan to serve in our efforts over there. He, by rules, couldn't actually actively campaign because he was a military service member. So his wife did all the campaigning. Margaret is so invested in helping the campaign that photos of her stumping for her husband are posted on his former website. And on election night 2008, the hunters celebrate another congressman in the family. Margaret didn't love the limelight. She wanted to just go back to her life that she'd had before. But those days are over. 
Duncan Dwayne Hunter has arrived. He won his first election by double digits. Yeah, his dad's name ID helped, right? Um, but still, that's pretty impressive. He comes back, he takes office in January of 2009, and from that point on, that they kind of never looked back. Duncan's going to have that same thing happen where he takes on a subcommittee of his choosing. We'll see, yeah. <laughs> we'll make sure. There's a long tradition in your family, you know. <laughs> Overnight, the 32-year-old Marine finds himself with a hefty $174,000 congressional salary and handsome benefits. But as Emily Allen, a federal prosecutor on the Hunter's case, will later discover... That salary proves no match for the couple's serious money management issues. I don't want to impugn him or his family for not being wealthy, but what we're talking about is something very different. It's just a total lack of basic budgeting ability for his family and completely spending well beyond his means. And with mortgage payments to make on a newly purchased $595,000 home outside of San Diego, the Hunters are entering their glamorous new life perpetually strapped for cash. As a former federal prosecutor on the Hunter case, Phil Halpern explains that it's a predicament most of Duncan's new colleagues don't have to worry about. When he first went to Washington in January 2009, Hunter realized a lot of the congressmen had a lot more money. In fact, they all had more money than he did. So right off the bat, young Duncan starts looking for other sources of income. And during that time, it appears he raided the petty cash that his campaign treasurer uh, had on hand. Over the years, Margaret and Duncan dip into petty cash as a quick fix for personal items when funds are tight. But why just pilfer from petty cash? when a credit card can unlock instant access to a fat campaign war chest. In late 2009, at Duncan's request, staffers order campaign credit cards, including one for him and another just for Margaret. And almost instantly from getting that campaign credit card, it was a license to steal. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Save big money in your next project with help from Menards. Move water where you need it quickly with a Barracuda sump pump. Sump pumps keep your basement dry when big storms hit unexpectedly. Get a half-horsepower cast-iron Barracuda sump pump on sale now through May 5th. Hurry into Menards. And don't forget to check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. (laughs) 
In 2010, when freshman Congressman Duncan Hunter isn't legislating in Washington, D.C., he and his wife Margaret make the rounds at charity events and campaign fundraisers back home in his California district. It's part of the gig. And as a federal prosecutor on the Hunter case, Mark Conover explains that campaigning costs money. Our system requires people to go out and to campaign. They all want to be elected, and that's part and parcel to what we do in this country, and it's perfectly appropriate. But there are rules. There should be an iron wall between campaign expenditures and personal use of the money. You cannot just use campaign money for your personal expenses. Otherwise, people could simply be buying favor with that particular politician. However, it seems the good congressman and his wife won't be following the rule book. As soon as they had that campaign credit card in their hands, it was an uncontrolled spending spree. The hunters will tap Duncan's campaign account as a go-to source of personal funds. And Margaret hits the ground running. I think the day after she got the first credit card that was issued to her, she was taking the kids out for kids' meals and lunch with the campaign credit card. She isn't officially on Duncan's office staff roster, and her early campaign expenses aren't extravagant, but quickly raise alarm bells. $239 at Michael's Crafts, $700 in theater tickets, manicures, movie nights, oh, and lunches, lots of lunches. For Margaret, spending isn't just about indulging in the little extras. It's about day-to-day living, too. $11,500 at Costco on groceries. $5,700 between Walmart and Target. She was paying dental bills and private school tuition, none of which were particularly outlandish, but added up to hundreds of thousands of dollars keeping their family living in a way that they couldn't afford. Mrs. Hunter contends her purchases are above board. But when stressed out staffers plead for information and receipts, she slow walks vague explanations. And when they question the validity of Margaret's sketchy charges, she responds, you are making me feel like I am being deemed a liar. That's because she's lying. FBI agent Aaron Fan specializes in public corruption and investigates the Hunter case. If she took her kids out to eat at the Olive Garden, she told the campaign treasurer that that was a meal with supporters. If she purchased things at retail stores, she told the treasurer that those were basket gift items for auctions. Duncan's staff summons the congressman. You have to get Margaret's spending under control. This is a big problem. Duncan put her in a position to be able to spend money intentionally and knowing full well what she was doing. Hunter knows what Margaret's doing, but he often has no idea exactly what she's buying. Meanwhile, Duncan Hunter is doing plenty of off-limits spending of his own, just a little less obviously than his wife. And he fell into a system that virtually allowed him to spend any money he wanted as long as it was in Washington, D.C., and claim that it was for a legitimate campaign expense. 
it certainly seemed like they were using the campaign credit card with the understanding that they could hide expenditures from each other. And the hunters have a great excuse to use those credit cards constantly. Locked into a two-year congressional election cycle, they're expected to be spending money because, as Hunter's former website illustrates here, they're campaigning nonstop and soliciting a constant stream of donor funds. According to FEC filings, a deep bench of individual and corporate contributors fueled Duncan Hunter's campaign. All of it should be earmarked to pay for Hunter's campaign costs or re-election bills. Instead, prosecutors say the Hunters appear to be counting on those donor dollars for income. And that's a problem. According to prosecutor Emily Allen, Hunter could find himself in a compromising or even dangerously susceptible position. He was putting the trust that people put into him and his re-election campaigns at risk because now he has another master to serve, and that's his campaign donors, and not just the best interests of the people of his district. Hunter's workers warn that Margaret's spending could trigger another looming concern. The Federal Election Commission oversees elected officials' spending and requires quarterly reports. If reviewers spot glaring irregularities, they could order an audit. And that means lots of negative press. They did everything that they could to try and stop it. It's an uncomfortable situation because Duncan Hunter was their boss. All they can do is bring these things to his attention, but they can't make the final call. In court transcripts, a former staffer testifies that in private talks about Margaret, Duncan says he would be trying to rein her in to make sure she didn't spend so much money. To staff's dismay, Instead of permanently confiscating her credit card, in September 2011, the congressman officially puts Margaret on the payroll for $2,000 a month as his campaign manager. Now, with a tidy regular salary to boost the family income and, of course, the campaign card, Margaret ramps up her spending even more. The hunters occasionally reimburse the campaign for some purchases, and that seems just enough to stay off the FEC's radar. And Congressman Duncan Hunter seems unbeatable, easily winning a second term and a third. And in 2014, a fourth. He won in 2014 by, I believe it was 42 points, which is just obscene. The Hunters appear to be an upstanding, ideal couple, devoted to public service. But according to prosecutors, in reality, they're running a remarkably simple scam. Duncan and Margaret Hunter embezzled hundreds of thousands of dollars by stealing the money from their campaign. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun. FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. 
like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Campaign donors are unwittingly footing day-to-day bills and a fun-filled lifestyle for California Congressman Duncan Hunter and his wife, Margaret. And it looks like they're having a ball. San Diego couples' weekends might include a day at the pricey Hotel Del Coronado, Del Mar Country Club, or betting on the ponies, as Margaret posts on social media for all to see, including prosecutors who later use the evidence against them. Duncan hits the links for round after round of golf and uses his outings to pick up personal goodies, then pass them off as donations to fellow veterans. For an upcoming trip, Duncan texts, I'm going to buy my Hawaii shorts. I need my money, babe. Margaret instructs him to do a small pro shop purchase with your work card and get some balls for the wounded warriors to conceal his real purchase. Political reporter Tina Wynn says the grift will reportedly earn him a scathing nickname in military slang, a blue falcon. They try to use their affiliation with veterans for their own personal gain, but then try to put it off as, oh, I'm doing this for the veterans. And Duncan Hunter was very much into doing that. And since no one seems to be stopping them, the hunters splurge on big-ticket items, too. It looked after a while like they had stopped trying to make it look legitimate. Nobody noticed for a long time, so I guess it just kept going on. They jet to Hawaii and Las Vegas, taking selfies and plastering them online, pictures that investigators will curate and select as evidence. When the hunters charge the campaign for $600 in meals and minibar charges at Caesar's Palace, why, there's no need to feel guilty, Margaret muses in a text. Anyway, lots of money, oh well. They even shout out hundreds for in-cabin seats to fly the family bunny, Egbert, along on vacations. It calls into question, is this man acting in the public interest? Is this man using campaign funds for the benefit of his constituents? Over the years, when staffers politely ask the congressman to clarify his charges, Hunter is unyielding. Of course they are all campaign, he writes in one email. Why else would I charge them to the campaign card? Why else? Because beyond a toxic inability to manage their money, When it comes to their personal accounts, Duncan and Margaret Hunter are broke. Their credit cards were maxed. They had incurred over $35,000 in insufficient funds fees over a seven-year period. They were habitually late on their mortgage payments. The financial strain that the Hunters were under was a huge source of stress and a huge motivating factor for committing the crime. 
was probably to alleviate some of that stress because that takes a toll on your relationships, that takes a toll on your marriage. There are many people in this country who have to worry about paying their rent. People have to worry about going to the grocery store and buying food. It's not that that's uncommon. What's uncommon is that he's a duly elected congressman who was living paycheck to paycheck. Of course, living costs can be a challenge, especially in expensive cities. But the hunters are drawing a six-figure salary, and prosecutors say they're stealing from their campaign. Plus, they have yet another source of income, frequent cash infusions from his parents, who over time chip in close to $150,000. We see at least 200 examples of his parents giving money to the family. But it doesn't seem like that really put a drop in the bucket. We're talking about an individual who had over 1,000 overdraft charges on his bank account alone. Between 2009 and 2017, there wasn't a single month where the Hunter family had a positive bank balance at the end of the day. The Hunters are so desperate that their shady financial practices become a shell game, literally. When Duncan asks, how do I pay for gas? Margaret instructs him to fill it up at a Shell gas station because Shell takes three days to clear, just in time for Duncan's payday. We saw examples over and over of the, the two of them talking about small amounts of money, like $20 at a time. In some ways, it's really sad, but in other ways, it's just alarming. The congressman's staff point out red flags on his expenditures, but Duncan responds that his card purchases are justified, though Hunter's email responses are defensive at times. I'm feeling like we are trying to create some kind of paper trail on me. And fragments from Margaret's texts over the years hint at tensions brewing behind closed doors. Whatever, Duncan. You don't want me? That's fine. But in the public spotlight, Duncan Hunter cultivates a family man image. Congressman Hunter had a home here in San Diego and a family here, and then he had his, his life in D.C. And one of the difficulties of being a congressman is you spend much of your time away. In the hallowed halls of Congress, Congressman Duncan Hunter arrives as a politically incorrect wrecking ball who brings his own brand of bombast to the House floor. The first time I became aware of who Duncan Hunter was, was I knew him as the vaping congressman. You don't see this every day, a congressman getting a nicotine fix right in the middle of a hearing. Hunter defends servicemen charged with war crimes, including controversial Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher, and sparks a firestorm when he offers up his own combat confessions. Critics blast his unfiltered stunts and comments. Duncan was Trump before Trump. When Donald Trump services as a presidential candidate, Hunter is an early endorser, then a devoted cheerleader. The ex-combat Marine is also a fierce military and veterans advocate. The trust between the VA and the men that I served with and for, it's broken. It's broken and it needs to be fixed. But when the sun goes down, whether he's on vacation or in D.C., 
the congressional scion whips out his campaign credit card and parties hard. He shares photos on social media, but that will come back to bite him. Prosecutors in the FBI will use this picture and others to support their allegations. In Washington, he became part of a group of GOP freshmen congressmen who were known as the quote-unquote bro caucus. They were famous for going out and spending hundreds of dollars every night in all these nightclubs and bars. There was this one time that he spent 450-something dollars on 30 shots of tequila and one steak. And heavy partying is far from Hunter's only vice. When he'd only had the credit card a number of weeks, he used it to fund a vacation with his mistress. Prosecutors allege that during his years in office, Hunter's illegal spending on X-rated Washington entanglements includes more than one lady friend. There were five of them, and three of the women were lobbyists, and two were staffers. That raises some red flags, not just about his character, but about undue influence. Hunter's defense will later deny illegal spending and claim that he's simply mixing business with pleasure. The campaign paid for a night at the Liaison Capitol Hill Hotel for him to stay with one of these women. Hunter assures his treasurer that the liaison stay is for lodging and meals with supporters. Well, at least one very enthusiastic supporter. Duncan Hunter had ended up, by the end of his term, drinking and partying all night long, getting up first thing in the morning, having a beer, and going to a national security briefing. CQ roll call reporter Chris Marquette covers ethics and accountability in Washington, D.C. Your donors are entrusting you with their money to use for your campaign. And when you use it, getting 30 shots of tequila, that's just not what a donor thinks their money is going to go to when they, when they donate to your campaign. Hunter's donors, constituents, and wife have no idea of his spicy extracurricular activities. The relationship was very dysfunctional. Margaret didn't know when Duncan was spending money on the mistress because he didn't want Margaret to know about the mistress. But in 2015, the family reconnects and crosses the pond for a $14,000 once-in-a-lifetime trip through Italy. Though there's no ticket for Egbert. He knew there was no way to pay for this except using the campaign credit card. So prosecutors say that Hunter hatches a last-minute scheme to tour an American naval base and then disguise the whole vacation as legislative activity, but posts pictures that prosecutors will later label as evidence. In time, Hunter's defense will dispute that his trip is a ruse. The naval base could only do it on a certain day, but that interfered with the Hunter's travel plans at that time. So the former Marine responds with cheeky swagger. Tell the Navy to go f themselves. But in the spring of 2016, there's a problem. Federal Election Commission regulators are questioning charges on the Hunter campaign's latest quarterly reports. 
And they're not the only ones. Representative Duncan Hunter put on that report almost 70 charges for video games and more than $1,000 to the private school that his children attended. What really was afoot here? In April 2016, reporter Morgan Cook is slogging through Congressman Duncan Hunter's latest Federal Election Commission report. The FEC is questioning thousands of dollars in video game and private school charges. Cook writes a short article and says Hunter's spokesman offers her a sheepish explanation for the mix-up. He had told his teenage son that he could take a credit card out of his wallet, you know, his personal credit card, to stream video games online. And his son just took the wrong card. The payment to the children's private school was supposed to be a charitable um, donation, but had been mistakenly applied to tuition. Publicly, Duncan Hunter activates damage control, but privately, he sounds more desperate than diplomatic. He actually texted his chief of staff, and one of the quotes from his text messages was, my family f***ed me. Cook decides to check out Hunter's earlier FEC reports, but she faces frustrating roadblocks. An FEC loophole has allowed the Hunters to hide their nickel and dime spending in plain sight. The FEC rules are that only charges in the aggregate that exceed $200 to, to an individual vendor have to be reported. So all of the little charges to vendors that didn't add up to $200 in an election cycle just weren't showing up on these reports. And so when there's trouble in that little keyhole picture that you can see, you have to imagine that there is a whole world of trouble that you can't find out about. But FBI agents and federal prosecutors can find out. And they've been reading Cook's articles. By the summer of 2016, attorneys and agents have DOJ permission to begin excavating years' worth of the Hunter's financial records. And more. We were able to go to Target and go to Walmart and get the receipts and see this is a set of children's pajamas or dog food or family groceries, not the things that you would buy if you're hosting a political event at your house. Five days before the November 2016 election, Hunter proclaims that he's ordered a personal financial review. He has paid the FEC $48,000 to correct his errors, and he'll pay even more as necessary. And he said at the end of the audit that he'd pay back about $60,000. But this resulted in them having to sell their house and go live with Duncan Hunter's parents. Hunter wins re-election, but his legal problems are about to get exponentially worse than his living situation. In early 2017, the FBI has enough evidence to execute search warrants on Hunter's home and congressional offices. That spring, Margaret asks to enter a plea agreement admitting to improperly converting campaign funds. But with an ongoing investigation underway, prosecutors aren't prepared to take her up on her offer. Instead, they spend the next 18 months scrutinizing over 11,000 financial transactions. We had over 13 terabytes of digital evidence that we were going through. 
On August 21st, 2018, prosecutors level a blistering 60-count indictment against Duncan and Margaret Hunter for wire fraud, falsifying records, and campaign finance violations. Court papers from Margaret's defense team state that she always wished to accept responsibility. Well, her husband seems more than willing to let Margaret take the rap. And on national television, Hunter implies that his wife is the mastermind. She handled my finances throughout my entire military career, and that continued on when I got into Congress, because I'm gone five days a week, I'm home for two, So, uh, she, and she was also the, the, camp, the campaign manager, so what, whatever she did, on that, that'll, be, uh, that'll be looked at too, I'm sure, but, uh, but I didn't do it. I, I... And that did not go well. It was Margaret's fault, right? And that, I think, pissed people off. He just hurled her under the bus. And that really did seem to be the consensus. Almost immediately, social media pounces on Hunter's blame game, and he becomes a national punchline. I blame Duncan Hunter's wife for my headache. I blame her for my bad cup of coffee this morning. I blame Duncan Hunter's wife for marrying Duncan Hunter. Both Hunters plead not guilty, and Margaret doesn't say a word about the media blitz. She didn't respond at all. She was just dead silent all of this time while he was throwing her under the bus in the national media. In the late summer of 2018, Duncan Hunter's attempts to blame his wife have landed with a thud. And now he's deflecting. There's nothing illegal about being poor. Okay? I don't think there's anything illegal about not having money in your bank account, right? And though Hunter has been indicted under the auspices of Attorney General and Trump appointee Jeff Sessions, he's the victim and blaming the deep state. The DOJ is politically motivated. They don't like me. That should be apparent to all of you. And uh, uh, they don't like me here in San Diego, at, at least the local paper, but my constituents. The initial response by Congressman Hunter was to claim this was a witch hunt, to claim that he was being targeted and that this was somehow not a legitimate investigation. Even facing a 60-count indictment, Duncan manages to narrowly win re-election in 2018. But Congressman Hunter's house of cards is about to collapse. By the late spring of 2019, Margaret's defense team is already negotiating terms of her plea agreement. Margaret Hunter wasn't a saint. She committed campaign theft arm-in-arm -arm with her husband. But yet, he's throwing her under the bus. Well, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Margaret Hunter pleads guilty to one count of conspiracy to defraud the United States. And it seems Margaret's had enough of staying quiet. Prosecutors say she's ready to spill everything she knows. But on December 2nd, 2019, just weeks before Hunter's trial is set to begin, he makes a stunning reversal. Republican Congressman Duncan Hunter is now set to change his plea to guilty after his wife agreed to testify against him. The next day, Duncan Hunter pleads guilty to a single count of conspiracy to steal campaign funds. There were 59 other counts for specific transactions. The conspiracy count, which was the lead charge, covered everything. I failed to monitor and account for my campaign spending. I made mistakes. 
And uh, that's what today was all about. Even as a convicted felon, Hunter returns to Congress long enough to pocket another paycheck before resigning under intense bipartisan pressure in January of 2020 and leaving the 50th district seat empty for almost a year. It would be so simple to say in this case that the victims were the campaign supporters who gave him money expecting it would be used only for the campaign. But that's only part of the story. The true victims include every single person that he represents in San Diego and Riverside counties. It's a different kind of greed that he would put his personal interests above the right of the public to trust the people who make our laws. What could be more greedy than that? In March 2020, Judge Thomas Whalen sentences Duncan Hunter to 11 months in prison with a COVID delay until January 2021. Margaret Hunter moves out of her in-law's house and begins serving an eight-month sentence of home confinement. But her husband won't serve a day behind bars. Breaking news, Trump offering pardons and commutations for 20 people. On December 22nd, 2020, President Donald Trump grants Hunter a full pardon. The very next day... Tonight's another night of pardons for all y'all. He issues Margaret a matching pardon. She is filed for divorce from Duncan. Duncan Lee Hunter reacts to the news. Thankful to God for this president uh, who had the guts to, uh, to recognize injustice. Duncan was grateful for that. Duncan Hunter and his attorney have not responded to American greed. The pardon doesn't erase the disgraced congressman's record of conviction, but regardless, he can run for office again. And he has another federal Bay Day coming. Not one single convicted member of Congress has ever been stripped of their federal pension. He can start taking that pension as early as age 55, and if he lives to life expectancy at age 81, he will collect over $1.2 million funded by the American taxpayer. While Duncan Hunter walks away with a get-out-of-jail-free card, he isn't the first and likely won't be the last politician to break the law. Prosecutors are counting on it. For all the other elected officials out there, not only can you get caught, but you will get caught, and you will be prosecuted, and you will go to jail. We will keep coming, because the rule of law requires that. We have to hold people accountable. Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely. 
positively FedEx.